You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Happy Mother's Day once again. We're going to sing hymn number 337. If you'd like to grab a hymnal and stand and sing with us today, 337. Trust and Obey, 337. Trust and Obey, let's all stand and sing out this morning, 337. seated. Thank you for standing so much. Thank you so much for being here on this uh, wonderful Mother's Day. And again, we sure do want to honor you moms today. Uh, I do want to make a couple of announcements uh, today. I don't know if we got the, we got the announcements ready to roll today. I'll tell you. All right. Thank you. Uh, and so we'll make a few announcements uh, this morning. Uh, let's see. We won't be having Epic. I guess maybe we don't have too many announcements. That's canceled. Uh, <laughs> all right. So I'm telling you what we're not doing. I guess... Uh, we're going negative today. Uh, men's Bible online Bible study on Saturdays is still a go. That'll be this coming Saturday. But we will have our teen uh, legacy. All our normal studies will be starting back up next week. We don't need that anymore. Uh, this is an important one. <laughs> I was hoping we'd have one in here. Uh, but uh, ordination service, uh, Michael Moose. Uh, Michael is uh, preaching and, and taking what's... Uh, Technically, uh, Akron First Baptist, but uh, a lot of that's going to be changing. They're kind of relaunching the church over there. Uh, but anyway, we're having this ordination service on uh, May the 22nd. That's just in a couple of weeks on Saturday at 11 o'clock. Folks, this is a really a special moment for the church. This will be uh, the first preacher that we're going to be sending out of this church, the first of many, uh, I, I believe and pray, but, uh, but to where we're ordaining and sending him out. We'll, we'll talk more about what that means, but it is uh, biblical 
and so forth. So that's an exciting time. That'll be Saturday, May 22nd. There'll be a reception afterwards. Uh, but Michael and Hannah, uh, Michael and Hannah are still working with the teens uh, on uh, Sunday afternoons, but otherwise their Sundays and Wednesdays are going to be tied up over in Akron, Westfield uh, for the foreseeable future. So do remember that. Be sure and check out our website, uh, Up and Running, and uh, we're still adding to that, but, uh, but it's, it's a good deal there. So remember that, okay? Uh, and one other announcement I want to make quickly, kind of in lieu of Mother's Day, I suppose, but uh, one, of our, one of our great mothers in the church is in, she's still in Prairie Estates and uh, uh, here at the nursing home, and so Miss Jean, uh, of course, had her, her ankle surgery and so forth, but... Uh, but uh, she's going to have some needs when she gets out on the 17th. And so, uh, you know, so I don't know, get, get a group of ladies together to just make sure we get some food. And there may be some other uh, greater things than that as well that we're still trying to work out. But if you're interested at all in helping out with Miss Jean uh, once she gets home, there's going to be about six days in between the time that she gets home and the time that her daughter is able to get up here from Missouri. Her daughter has cancer and has different uh, issues there. So, but she's planning to get up here. But it, there's, there'll be about a six-day period to where she'll need some extra help there. So please uh, please see me if you got any questions or are willing to help out with that. All right, at this time we've got a little uh, presentation that we're going to do. Uh, so uh, again, happy Mother's Day. As I lay you down to sleep, I pray the I don't need that much for me This is a mother's prayer I pray for angels by your side And ask they watch you day and night Walk with you all through your life This is a mother's prayer I pray that all the dreams you wonderful. I mean, aren't moms great? I'm just watching. I was like, we ought to do that more than one time a year, don't you think? But anyway, all right. Uh, well, praise the Lord for that. And at this time, we're going to do a, uh, 
We're just going to have a quick uh, drawing. Uh, I appreciate Kim. She always organizes something special for the moms. And there's a gift back there for every mom to pick up on her way out. But we have three gifts that we have that are uh, set up for a drawing, okay? So uh, Melanie's bringing the basket up, looking for someone to draw. All right, he's going to draw. He's going to do it up here live and in front of everyone.
Amen. Thank you so much for that. And uh, I'm going to be preaching today out of the book of 1 Samuel, chapter number 1. Did you know that we honor God by honoring our fathers and our mothers? In fact, uh, it actually made God's top ten as the kids go out to junior church. <laughs> like I always forget. Hey Amen. I'm always, I'm eager. Uh, but we do, we honor God by honoring our father and our mother. Uh, in fact, it actually made God's top ten. Pretty big deal, huh? The Bible says in Exodus 20, verse 12, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land. The fifth commandment that God gave to us was to honor our father and our mother. Out of all the Ten Commandments, and, uh, you know, the first three, or the first uh, four, I'm sorry, of the commandments are vertical commandments in, in, do, in relationship with God. But the final six commandments involve, uh, I'm sorry, the, yeah, the final six commandments involve our uh, horizontal relationship with those around us. And the very first of those is honor thy father and thy mother. And uh, how long are we to honor our parents? Forever, amen? As long as we're alive, even if our parents have gone on, we can honor them. The Bible tells us later that children should obey their parents in the Lord. But what's more is that this is the first commandment that came with a promise. That came with a promise. And the promise is, is that your days will be long upon the land. So in other words, if we will honor God, God will bless us. But I'm telling you, there's a curse involved if we don't honor our parents. And... Uh, and by the way, the difference between obedience, we ought to obey our parents, that those of us that if you're a teenager, if you're still at home, obey your parents. That means you do it. Somebody said it this way. Obedience is you do it because it's required, but honoring is we do it because it's desired. We do it because it's desired. We do it because we want to be a blessing. Um, you know, today is a day that's set aside to honor mothers, and I'd like to do that today by considering for a moment a wonderful mother in the Bible named Hannah. Beautiful, wonderful lady by the name of Hannah. And if your name is uh, Anna or Annie or something like that, that actually originated from the word Hannah. And so Hannah is a wonderful mother in the Bible. And that's in 1 Samuel chapter number 1. And while you're finding your place there, would you allow me this morning just to say a brief word about the war against biblical womanhood and motherhood in our country today? I'd say that one of the greatest lies that's been perpetuated upon our culture over the last 70 plus years is that the Bible is somehow oppressive to women. The fact is that if you will simply study history, if you will find that wherever biblical Christianity has spread, that the lives of women has drastically improved uh, in those societies for women. Uh, the, in those societies where they follow the New Testament. This, the New Testament, God's Word, has liberated women to live the valuable lives and be the souls with purpose whom God created them to be, making a huge impact on their homes and cultures. Now, this, this honoring and uplifting of women actually took place during the earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ for those women that were faithfully uh, involved in, uh, in, in walking and serving with the Lord Jesus Christ. 
It continued in through the early church. We see uh, many prominent women throughout the New Testament books of the Bible. And folks, it continues right on to today. Now, there is that in the world and in our country that calls itself women's lib. But it's that that encourages women to rebel against the purpose of their loving Creator. Just like we're all encouraged to do by the enemy and by the world. But the, the, what's often called, called women live, if it's opposite of what God says, folks, that doesn't lead to liberation. It leads to bondage. And it leads to change. And it leads to shame. But uh, uh, see, God and the Bible are not enemies of women. But God and the Bible are the greatest allies uh, that, of women this world has ever known. And you can just mark that down, okay? So that was just something I wanted to add there. Uh, but as we consider mothers this morning in particular, you know, mothers are perhaps the most influential force on the face of the earth. Now, as we consider one of these mothers today, her name is Hannah. Hannah means gracious. So let's look here, 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 2. Let's, let's meet this lady. The Bible says there was a man by the name of, in, in verse 1, there was a man by the name of El Cana. But in verse 2 it says that this man had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other, uh, Penia. And Penia had children, but Hannah had no children. Now, before you think that in order to be a mother that makes an impact, you need to have it easy, well, that's not the case. Hannah did not have an easy life. Hannah lived during a time where polygamy was tolerated. And her husband had more than one wife. And since Hannah was not able to have children, and the, uh, the, her husband's other wife was having children, she was mocked by the other woman, by the other wife. And so she didn't have it very easy. She was scorned because of that. But she cried out to God. She asked God, Lord, would you give me a child? God, would you give me a son? Was her prayer, as we'll see here in just a moment. And she says, God, I want you to give me this son. And if you give me this son, I just want to give him right back to you in service for our Lord. And that is where we have uh, Samuel, as we'll see. Spoiler alert. But that's where we have uh, the man, the great prophet Samuel. So in our message today, in this text out of 1 Samuel, I want to notice a few principles that apply to really fathers and mothers and everyone, but the, the principles themselves, but the application of these principles apply to mothers and motherhood today. Number one, we see the principle of priority. Skip down with me if you would to verse number 10. The Bible says, this is Hannah still, the Bible says, and she was in bitterness of soul and she prayed unto the Lord and she wept sore and she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. So first of all, we see the principle of priority. Hannah had a desire in her heart, folks, to have a child. She prayed for God to make her a mother. To make her a mother. See, I want to say something today. Children today are a blessing, not a burden. Children are a blessing from the Lord. In fact, the Bible says in Psalm 127, verse number 3, Lo! Children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. I emphasize womb right there, because last time I tried to quote that verse, I said the fruit of the loom. And uh, it didn't go over as well. The fruit of the womb is His reward. Now, how many likes getting a reward? Well, that's what God said children are. They're a reward. They're a blessing. They're not a burden. 
See, there's something wrong in America when children are looked upon as burdens rather than blessings. There's something drastically wrong when little babies are put to death in the mother's womb. Folks, one of the most dangerous places, and in fact, perhaps the most dangerous place uh, to be in America today is in, a mother's, in the mother's womb. You talk about a, you talk about a crisis. You talk about a problem and, a, and, a, and an epidemic uh, of, of great proportions. Richard sent me an interesting number the other day. I believe he said it would take 23 years, uh, 23 years for COVID to kill as many babies that were killed in America just last year. Isn't it, isn't it something what the world makes a big deal about? Anyway, uh, children are a blessing. Children are a blessing. There, there's, there's something wrong when people look at it otherwise. There's something wrong when people uh, think that children aren't worth having and that ch children don't deserve to live. But folks, Hannah did not think that it was less than to be a mother. Now, I want to ask you today, as I try to preach and tell you what I'm trying to introduce and, and preach to you today, I want you to listen to what I'm saying and don't, don't, don't listen to uh, or don't think of something I'm saying that I'm not saying. You'll get what I'm saying in a minute. In other words, a lot of times, a lot of times when a preacher is preaching, he starts preaching one thing and there's people saying, oh, are you saying this? No, I'm saying what I'm saying. So I'm not saying what you may be thinking. I'm saying what I'm trying to say. So listen to what I'm trying to tell you this morning. <laughs> Lord help, amen. Uh, sometimes I feel like I'm having a bad dream, honestly. But... Um, but I'd like to introduce you this morning to perhaps the most successful woman that I know. I listened earlier, does that baby sound precious? But I listened earlier to, uh, earlier this week, I, learned, I listened to Adrian Rogers and he preached out of this passage and I just could not get it out of my heart and my head. And as I listened, as I began to study and, and looked here through 1 Samuel chapter number 1, I just could not get away from wanting to introduce you to somebody that kind of reminded me of Hannah. This, a woman with priorities. Perhaps the most successful woman that I know. And somebody says, well, what does she do? And I'll just go ahead and show you. Yep, boy, that's not, there she is. She's the blurry one in the middle. Uh, but my wife, Melanie, many of you don't know her, uh, but uh, some of you do. Most successful woman I know. You say, well, what does she do? What does she do? Well, she has birthed and raised these four precious souls, and we've added that other guy in there, too. All right? Uh, but not only that, uh, somebody says, well, she's successful, huh? Well, how much does she make? Well, I already told you, four. <laughs> what do her investments look like? Well, right there they are again, okay? 20 years worth, 20 something, 23 years worth uh, of investments here, amen? Now, uh, this beautiful, intelligent young woman uh, said, I mean, think about this. She said, I know what I want to do with my life. I know what I want to do with my life. She was like Hannah. She, 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 she prayed. And let me tell you something about this woman. She married at the age of 18. Now, I told you she was a beautiful, intelligent young woman. And I know when I, when I tell you that she married me at the age of 18, that may make you want to question her intelligence. But just, uh, just bear with me. Uh, married at the age of 18, 11 months and 29 days later, she brought Hannah into the world. She's the bigger one there. I had a tough time finding these pictures. Back in these days, we took photographs and printed them out, and so it wasn't just digital. But 11, 11 months and 29 days after we got married, this successful woman, one of the things that helped make her a great success is bringing Hannah into the world. 18 months later, she brought little Caitlin into the world. 18 months later, all right? So she's just, I mean, just getting after it. Uh... And by the way, I'll tell you something about Katie. When she was a baby, she wasn't so little. The reason I didn't put a picture up here is it wouldn't fit, okay? Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Ah. All right, 18 months later, uh, 18 months after Hannah was born, Caitlin was born. Uh, 
Five years later, she brought Evan into the world. Look at that guy. Yeah, ain't he something? Uh, she brought Evan into the world five years later. And then two years after that came the baby, little Natalie. And she's off helping in children's church, I believe. But there she is. Uh, all right, so here they are. So I say this successful woman. Now let's be honest. There's some in the world that would say... <laughs> You're calling that a success? There's some in this world, folks, that would call that an absolute waste. This smart, attractive woman could have done anything with her life. And that's true. She could have done anything with her life. But you know what I would say? So somebody would say this. She could have made a difference in the world. She did. She did, absolutely she did. Somebody says, no, 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 what I mean is she could have been productive. She, she could have been a productive member of society. She was, amen? Look at that. She is a productive member of society, amen? Somebody says, preacher, no, listen, what I'm trying, you said she's successful, but what I'm trying to say is that she could have been rich. Let me tell you something. She is. She is. Man. Yeah, but she, she, could have been, she, she could have been making money, but instead she was making a baby? Exactly! That's exactly what she was doing. You see, I mean, think about this for a moment. I'm, I'm just trying to do this because, you know, I, I was thinking about it the other day, and I just think about the way we think about things now. And I'm thankful, you know, Natalie, we were sitting and talking about, you know, what she was wanting to do and her plans for the future. And that's all well and good. You know, talking about the career that she was wanting to choose. And, and I said, that's great. I said, but just make sure that you don't ever get in your mind what this world tries to think. That becoming this great whatever, and there's nothing wrong with becoming something else. But I said, don't you ever let the world get in your mind that becoming some great, wealthy, successful something else is here and then being a mom is That's right. down here. May none of you moms, and none of you that have, that have been able, not all moms have been able, not all women have been able to have babies, not all women have chosen that, but for those that have, and for those that have been able to stay at home or commit a, a good portion of their time with their kids, never say, well, I just stay at home and raise my kids. That's all I do. <laughs> Don't you ever say that, please. Because it ain't all I do. And don't let any of you young ladies ever get in your mind that this is anything less. This is success. What, what's, what's that girl right there worth? What's that woman right there worth? Right now, her husband is preaching over in Akron, Iowa, leading souls to Christ. This girl has made an impact upon many of the young people in this church, many of your children. She's made an impact upon many of us. What's that worth? That's a successful woman, amen? A successful woman that's now given birth to what? Another successful woman. What about this? How much is this worth? There's Caitlin. Amen. She lost weight. I'm, just, I'm sorry. I was thinking about her baby pictures. Uh, but listen, uh, I know, Lord help me. Uh, but what, how much is that worth? I had handsome pictures of that boy. I had ball pictures of the boy. No, Dad, don't use that one. Don't you? How about this one? No, don't use that one. Well, what do you want me to use? I got one. <laughs> you say, how much is he worth? I don't know. I've checked kidneys on the black market, and it's worth something, all right? Uh... How much is that girl worth? I mean, you see what I'm just trying to get at this morning? Um, and I hope my, my wife would not appreciate what I'm trying to do right there because she don't want to be out front and, and noticed by every, everyone. But I'm just trying to let you know today that she's a success. Amen? That's a successful woman. All right? Don't let the world tell you otherwise. See, there's something you got to understand today. Children do not make rich people poor. They make poor people rich. 
I'm telling you what, you want, I wish you could just go, I wish you could go back and I tell you the day, the day that I came home from work and the day that my wife gave me a little, uh, like a watch box wrapped up and I opened up that present and when I opened, I mean just random time of, of the year, opened up that present and inside was a positive pregnancy test. I mean, just a couple months after we're married, and, it's, and, it's, and, and, and inside of there, it had that Psalm 127, verse 3. Amen? Wow. What a blessing. Let me tell you something. Our house wasn't nice. Our neighborhood sure wasn't nice. There was somebody killed just right up the road. I mean, it wasn't... I mean, uh, I hate to admit it to you, but I had to hide my car from the repo man. I had my power cut off. But I was a rich, rich man. Because I come home every day to that woman. And after a little while, I come home every day and there's that baby girl. And a few years later, here's this baby girl. And the baby, and, and I mean, it, see, having children doesn't make rich kids or rich people uh, poor. It makes poor people rich. See, I mean, what's the value of children? What's the value of a soul? Jesus said one soul is worth more than the whole world. <clears throat> I about drowned myself. You kind of maybe see why now I'm telling you to listen to what I'm saying, what I'm actually saying. Don't say, are you saying this? No, just listen. Let me honor these mothers today, okay? Uh, see, how would you measure the impact that people make on the world? And I, I'm just going to put this out here. Again, listen to what I'm saying. Don't read into what I'm saying. You ever heard of John Wesley? Charles Wesley? These men, back in the 1700s, uh, were both preachers. Matter of fact, we still sing songs that Charles wrote. But these men went around preaching, leading souls to Christ. There's literally, you could say there's people still coming to Christ. It's not an exaggeration to say that God used John and Charles Wesley to change the world. John Wesley was the 15th kid. Charles Wesley was the 18th kid. How do you measure the impact that these men made on the world? So Hannah had this priority. She said, give me a child. God, give me a son. And God gave her this son. But I want to say quickly, not only did Hannah have the principle of, of uh, priority, but she also had the principle of prayer. We read verse 10 already. The Bible says she was in bitterness of soul and she prayed unto the Lord and she wept sore. She prayed to God. Folks, when we have our priorities in order, then our prayers line up with our priorities. Now I told you these principles can apply to anything. Have the right priorities. If you have the priority that God's put in your heart, then you, have, you must back it up with prayer. By the way, when should you start praying for your child? Amen. Before they're ever born. Before they're ever conceived. Amen. That's when, uh, that's when Hannah started praying. See, she prayed. Think about in the Bible how that Rachel prayed for a child and God gave her Joseph. Elizabeth was barren and no doubt prayed for a child and God gave her John the Baptist, which made a great impact on the world. The, the child that, uh, you know, again, spoiler alert, Hannah was not able to have children. She prayed, asked God. God gave her Samuel. She gave him back to the Lord. And if you study the Old Testament, you'll find out that Samuel is one of the more underrated Bible characters, if you will, in the history of the Bible. Because he was, he was the greatest individual between Moses and King David during that time period. Arguably the greatest. He, was, he changed the world. Not only their world, but our world. Because of the way God used him in the writing of the Scripture and bringing about uh, uh, change and so forth. Samuel. So, what would the world be like without Joseph and Samuel and King David? I mean, listen... So there was a principle of uh, priority, the principle of prayer, the principle of purpose. Purpose. Verse 11, there's an unusual phrase right there. I don't know if you caught it or not. But when she was praying, she said, at the end of that verse, she said, Lord, and no razor is going to come on this boy's head. And you might be sitting there thinking, well, I hope not. I mean, you know. But what, what she was just simply saying was, this child is going to be set apart as a Nazarite. 
And it was a holy vow. Basically, she was saying, he's going to be a holy man of God. Lord, I purpose that if you give me this son, this son, his purpose is going to be to live for you. See, your prayer and your priorities determine your purpose. Lord, I want this son of mine to be a holy, separated child to the Lord. Now, did you know that a child is a gift from God? But as much as I call my children my children, in reality, the fact that they're a gift to God, God gave them to us, we gave them back to God. You know, I talked about Wednesday with Hannah and Michael going over and starting their ministry over in Akron in Westfield. And I talked about how that Michael, when he was, uh, you know, asking if he could marry Hannah, he said, if, if, if we get married, he said, he said I'll make sure that we stay within driving distance. I'll keep her close. I know how close your family is. You know, we won't go to Africa and we won't go here and we won't go there. See, but Michael was mistaken something. He thought that she was mine, but she's not mine, she's God's. So Michael, you can't say that because God may call you to Africa or South America or Detroit uh, or somewhere. And if God does that, you got to go. And I'm okay with that because I've given her back to the Lord. She is set aside to serve you. See, your children have been given you by God. This is stewardship, people. See, the principle of stewardship, a steward's mentality toward the assets that he has been entrusted, including kids, are not, is that the assets that we've been given are not given to me. We manage what we've been given for the owner's benefit. The steward, which in this case is the mom and dad, carries no sense of entitlement to the gifts that we manage. It's our job to find out what the owner wants done with these assets and then to carry out his will. If you pray and ask God for a child, or if you have a child, that child has a purpose. Now, I just got to say this again about purpose and about priorities. You know, there's a lot of people today that thinks it would be a tragedy if their son or their daughter was to proclaim in this service today that God has called me to be a missionary. God has called me to be a preacher. You know one of the saddest things I've known or ever known? Is the people that sit in churches and parents that are up in arms. They don't mind somebody else's kid surrendering to preacher to be a missionary. But there again, you know what comes to mind? That same philosophy from earlier. Son... You could have been something. You could have made something of yourself. Honey, daughter, you could, have, you could have really made a difference, but now you're going to help in some foreign field? <laughs> oh, my friend, listen. It is not less than. Amen? We need to see it for what it is. I like what the Bible says in 3 John uh, verse 4. The Bible says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Amen. Listen, I want, you know what I want my children to be? Exactly what God wants them to be. If that's some huge successful, uh, you know, as far as even in the world standards, there's nothing wrong, by the way. I don't want you to misunderstand me in saying there's nothing wrong with becoming a success that the world would consider you said. Nothing wrong with that at all. But I'm just simply saying, don't get the idea that living for God and committing your life to God is less than that. My friend, listen, God Almighty in His service, you talk about a blessing. So Hannah had a purpose for her child, and that was to serve the Lord. And our idea today, our heart ought to be in the same place. Lord, just I want you to use my child. I want this child to be what you would have them to be. But no matter what you would have them to be, I want them to be holy and set apart. Aren't you glad for some holy and set apart doctors and politicians? Somebody says, I don't believe that, <laughs> all right? But I really believe I've met some, but again, you know, I know how they can be. But no, seriously. Uh, I mean, honestly, there, there's some good godly people, especially today, that are trying to get in office and make a difference. It's good. They still need to be holy and set apart to the Lord. If they're a ball player, no matter what it is. 
I mean, if they're a professional curler, uh, they need to do it to the glory and honor of God. <laughs> I got some looks on that one. Did you say curler? Uh, I'm just simply saying that we can do what we do to the glory of God, but the idea is we still need to be set apart for Him. Our, desire, our greatest desire should be for godly children. And our goal, if we're going to do that, is to be godly parents. Proverbs 22, verse 6, the Bible says, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I want to give you just uh, one or two more quickly, then I'll be done. Fourthly, I just want to say persistence. What you'll find out is that in verse number 12, the Bible says, And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord. I want to say that she continued to pray. God didn't answer her prayer right away. And when you go down to verses 19 and 20, the Bible says, And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord. <laughs> I'm sorry, she's already had Samuel, amen. Uh, but uh, she's already had the, the, the child. And the Bible says, And they rose up in the morning and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came unto... Uh, no, I, they haven't, my bad. Uh, but the Bible says that at the verse of end, end of 19, that uh, he knew his wife Hannah... And the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass, when the time was come after Hannah had conceived, that she bare a son and called his name Samuel. So she persisted. Listen, if, you're gonna, if we're going to see and lay hold of what God has for us in our lives, and in this case, it's a child, a godly child, there's got to be persistence. It's not going to always be easy. She continued to pray. God answered her prayer. Do you know what Samuel actually means? It means asked for. Asked for. That's what his name means. Samuel. And so there's persistence. And then I want to close with this one today. And I want to thank you moms again. The principle of persuasion. So look down in verse uh, 21. Now she's had the child. And the Bible says in verse 21, And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice. And his vow. But Hannah went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned, and then I will bring him, that he may appear before the Lord, and there abide forever. So she said, He's coming up there to serve. All right, then verse number um, 27. The Bible says, For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition that I asked of him. Therefore, also, as I have lent him unto the Lord, as long as he liveth, he shall be, as he shall be lent to the Lord, and he worshipped the Lord there. I, Samuel had to be a pretty small child at this point. But his dad went up to worship and she said, I'm not going this time. We're not making that trip. I'm going to keep him home and we're, I'm going to raise him. And I don't know what all she taught him, but I'm telling you, she was teaching him the principles of God. Because what you find out, this was a very godly kid. By the way, why do we want to wait for, think you've got to be old to be godly? We've got to teach, try to teach our kids to be godly people. But here he is, he's just a little guy here, and when she brings him to the temple, the Bible says that here's this little guy worshiping the Lord. Amen, ain't that good? Worshiping the Lord! Now where do you think he learned that at? He learned it from mama. Persuasion. See, it's, it's, it's one thing, it's, it's a great thing to get into your heart and get the desire and pray. Anybody ever pray like this? I do. God, help my son to have a heart for you. God, help my daughters to have a heart for you. But then I'm often convicted because I believe the greatest way to help my son and daughters have a heart for Him is if they see me having a heart for them. I believe the reason Samuel was worshiping right there was because he saw his mom worship. Amen? Persuasion. There's a great example here uh, in 2 Timothy chapter number 1, in the New Testament, a godly mother was Timothy's mother and grandmother. Paul said to Timothy, he said, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee. So he's talking to this preacher. He says, When I think about the, your faith, which first dwelt in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Persuasion. See, there was a godly grandmother that had a little girl. 
And this godly grandmother taught her little girl, Jesus loves me, this I know. She taught her John 3.16. You said, preacher, that wasn't even written when she was a grandma. Just bear with me. You understand what I'm trying to say? She taught her about the things of God. And then so all of a sudden, the daughter has a little boy. And she begins to teach this little boy about the things of God. Amen? Teach him about how great God is. Teach him the Scriptures. Get him around the Word of God. And what happened? Timothy came along. The power of persuasion. Listen, I tell you today, if you're a mom, and obviously this particular message is directed a whole lot more toward the moms that still have kids at home or even those that are yet to be moms. But I'm telling you, your persuasion matters. Amen? That's why I started off this message saying that perhaps the most persuasive and powerful force in our world, as far as humanly speaking, is mothers. Is mothers. Now in conclusion, I want to say this, that if you have a desire today to be a godly mother or a godly parent, you must first be surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So I close today asking you this question. As we all stand, please. As we all stand, I ask you this question. Do you know Jesus personally? Is He your Savior today? If not, you can pray to Him today. You can ask Him to come into your life, to be your Lord and to be your Savior. (laughs) May I just encourage you, if you don't know Christ today, to call on Him today. Repent. I mean, turn from your sins. Turn to Jesus and ask Him to forgive you of your sins and acknowledge Him as the Lord of your life. See, the Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says, With the heart man believeth unto righteousness. But it says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you know Jesus today? Obviously this message was directed toward moms, but it it applies to each of us in one way or the other. Heavenly Father, I thank You so much for Your faithfulness and goodness. I pray You'll help each of us to have a desire to impact our kids. Now Lord, there's, a, there's, a, there's so many other messages and directions we could have gone today. I want to pause and think about the 2 Timothy, the aforementioned. Lord, Paul told him to admonish the older women as mothers. There's some women in this church that may not have children, but God, they can be admonished as mothers because of the impact that they've had on me and on others. God, I pray that You'll bless and help as we just want to honor as best we can every mama here today, every mother represented here today. Not a one of them is perfect, But God, they sure are wonderful. And there's nothing else like them in the whole world. Help us to honor our mothers today. Help us, Lord, to honor you. And if there's anybody again that doesn't know you, I pray they'll know you before it's too late. In Jesus' name I pray. Well, hey, listen.